Peace, grace, this is Pastor Colton Lott from First Christian Church, Disciples of Christ, El Reno. We have the privilege of building Christian community in El Reno for the world. And so if you care about building Christian community or El Reno or the world, we're glad you're listening to this podcast. If you want to help contribute to the gospel work of this congregation, please visit our website, fcclreno.org, and go to the Give Online tab. And now, here's the sermon for the week. Today's scripture comes to us from Psalm 146. I invite you to join in however you know best. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord, O my soul. I will praise the Lord as long as I live. I will sing praises to my God all my life long. Do not put your trust in princes and mortals in whom there is no help. When their breath departs, they return to the earth. On that very day, their plants perish. Happy are those whose help is in the God of Jacob, whose hope is in the Lord their God, who made heaven and earth, the sea, and all that is in them, who keeps faith forever, who executes justice for the oppressed, who gives food to the hungry. The Lord sets prisoners free. The Lord opens the eyes of the blind. The Lord lifts up those who are bowed down. The Lord loves the righteous. The Lord watches over the strangers. He upholds the orphan and the widow. But the way of the wicked he brings to ruin. The Lord will reign forever. Your God, O Zion, for all generations. Praise the Lord. May God add blessings to the readings of these words in every time and in every place. Would you pray with me? God, we return to these words of yours to hear an old, old story told to us with new ears. May we have new hearts to understand these words and the courage to live them out. In the name of Jesus, we pray. Amen. I've been thinking a little bit about what a hundred years is because of Odie Clark's birthday. We have a centenarian in our congregation. And I am reminded again and again that as a general rule, human beings can't comprehend big numbers. We just don't have it. So we have to rescale or resize things to make it more understandable to us. Which is why words like trillion or billion have no meaning for us. They're too big to grasp. Because if I told you that Odie, and if, once you hit about 95, by the way, you, ma you cross a magical point, which is 3 billion seconds of life. After about 95 in one month, you will reach 3 billion seconds of life. 
But three billion doesn't mean anything to us. 95 years does, but three billion doesn't. Because 1,000 seconds ago was 16 minutes and 40 seconds. That was about when Karen was leading us through God is good all the time. That was about 1,000 seconds ago. One million seconds ago was 11 days, 13 hours, 46 minutes, and 40 seconds ago, which is more or less like November the 3rd. That Wednesday, if you were here for Logos, that was about a million seconds ago. One billion seconds ago, though, was 31 and a half years ago. So whatever you were doing in approximately 1990 was what was going on one billion seconds ago. I wasn't even a twinkle in my daddy's eye. But one trillion seconds, one trillion seconds, 31,688 years ago. Now put that in money and nobody has a clue. So if you make it to life expectancy, which the CDC report is now 77.3 years, which is a drop from, it's about our 2003 level. 77.3 years, you'll get 4,030 Sundays. I hope you make it to like at least 3,500 of those. Or 28,214 and a half days. If you make it to 77.3 years, that's about 677,148 hours. Which sounds like it could be a lot, but think about how many hours you killed this past week. It's about 40,628,880 minutes. How do you measure the years in a life? It's about 2.5 billion seconds. For most of us, that's the ball game. But again, that's such a large number, we don't know what it means and we're back in the incomprehensibility zone. But that's life, that's your life if you get the average blessing of years. It can, in fact, be counted. The timer's running now. How much of it is good? If you said all, or if you said none, I will tell you I don't believe you. I mean, how do you account for your childhood? Those toddler cries, was that a good moment or a bad moment? Is active joy good and rest bad? I mean, all those hours sleeping, how do you measure the slumber versus the sleepless nights? Does it all matter? Is it all good? Is it all bad? Is it somewhere in the middle? For whatever reason, I don't think we can count it up. It's one of those incomprehensibilities. It's too hard to chase down those stray seconds and minutes, days, even years, I suppose. Can you call it a whole year good or bad? I mean, seems like we do it every New Year's. This one was bad, but next year will be good, right? Here's the radical thing. What if God cares about them? those seconds and minutes and hours, even years. What if God cared 
about those who counted the days with sadness and scarcity? What if God cared about those who count the minutes going by and wondering when life will begin? Or those who wonder when it will gracefully end? What if God cared about each of those years and days and minutes and even seconds? I believe that God is good. And so I believe that God cares if it is good for you that time, those seconds, those minutes. Psalm 146 is a reason that I believe that because it's a praise about God's help. God's help, which doesn't come from princes or presidents, from friends or foe. Rather, the psalmist tells us that happy are those who put their hope in God. The God who keeps faith forever. Which is a curious phrase. The God who keeps faith forever. When you go to verses 5 and 6, and if you have your Bibles open, you can join me there. We see the psalmist singing, Happy are those whose help is in the God of Jacob, whose hope is in the Lord their God, who made heaven and earth, the sea, and all that is in them. Who keeps faith forever? This God who keeps faith forever is a curious phrase to me because of the way that most of contemporary American Protestant Christianity uses the word faith, which is to say belief. That faith is what we believe. And because that is so often what we mean, when I read the God who keeps faith forever, what I often substitute in my mind or I interpret it as, even as we read, is the God who keeps believing in God forever. And that doesn't make sense, no matter how you slice and dice the Trinity. But believe... It's not the only or the best way to understand what faith means. Faith can also mean trust. And this is important for us today. Particularly active trust is often a better word or a phrase for the word belief whenever we substitute it in our mind, or faith rather, when we substitute it in our mind. And it seems subtle, but it makes a great deal of difference, especially as we think about a God who cares about those seconds and minutes and hours. Because it is the case that the psalmist is singing about a God who actively trusts forever. We are in the second of three weeks for our worship series all the time, and we are tracing that goodness of God in our lips and in the lips of little children as we proclaim that all the time, God is good. Even though we don't always understand how or can't always even observe how that can be, we know that it can be so easy to doubt God's goodness. After all, how can one speak of a God that is good and powerful when there is so much badness and seemingly so little power to change any of it? I strongly believe that even our children who were using these same words today understand that there is real suffering and unfairness in the world. 
My college chaplain once said, as a follower of Jesus in our time and our place, you're probably going to have to figure out which one you want to make complicated. God's love and goodness are God's power. And so I stick wholeheartedly to an uncomplicated version of God's love and God's goodness. And so I proclaim that it is God who is good and does not cause evil and pain and suffering. And that I proclaim that God is love. And so it's the only non-metaphorical thing that we can say about God. And that God loves us and is good to us. That's what I say. But that means... If I want to have a faith that corresponds to the reality of my life and to virtually all lives, something that can seem so hard to do, but something that is so important, then we must trace a more complicated view of God's power. And so I do. And I do that by putting my, faith, my hope in a faith that acts. Psalm 146 details the way that God saves us. In verses 7 to 9, it says that God keeps faith forever because it is God who executes justice for the oppressed, who gives food to the hungry. It is the Lord who sets the prisoners free and opens the eyes of the blind. The Lord who lifts up those who are bowed down and loves the righteous. The Lord watches over the strangers. He upholds the orphan and the widow, but the way of the wicked God brings to ruin. But incidentally, those things that save us, that save each other, are ways that we join God. They are things that we can join God in doing, that we are called to join God in doing, that we are commanded to join God in doing. God is, in fact, saving us in each moment, and we are the ones that God works with and through to make it happen. I don't believe that we save ourselves or even that we are the ones saving each other. Yet I also believe that God cannot save us if we do not join in the project of leaning in, joining in, yanking hard to bend that arc of the universe. God has designed our world in such a way that human life flourishes with God by co-creating wholeness of life. And that relationship between us and God is built on trust. Trust which we keep because God is good and God shows God bene God's benevolence every chance God gets. That trust is built because God executes justice and gives food to the hungry and sets prisoners free and opens the eyes of the blind. That trust is built because God is good to watch over the stranger and uphold the orphan and widow and good to confuse those ways which diminish and destroy wickedness. And that trust is built because God is good to have us join in those things too. And so we put our deepest hopes in that faith, that trust of God who acts with us and through us. A God that 
does not call us to be passive observers in this world, but active participants in remaking it with that original goodness which God intended. One of the joys of being in this congregation is that we understand this very well. We understand that our faith is not mostly defined by what we believe, but defined by how we demonstrate our trust in God through our actions. We together put our hope in the faith that acts when we deliver meals to those who are homebound through mobile meals and when we box groceries for families with children through blessing baskets. We put our hope in the faith that acts when we show up as friends of Jesus and as friends of Bill W. We put our hope in the faith that acts when we invest in the lives of children and so on and so forth because there is so much more that we do and there is even more that we can do. For some reason in this congregation, God has put us again into a season of dreaming. I have heard so many of you express what you think is coming next in your life and in the life of this community. Some of you are dreaming about new ministries to help those who are battling addiction and, re and are seeking recovery. And especially families who are going through that experience too. Did you know that there are several of you dreaming about this? Many of you are thinking about how can we show up for one another in that grief and that suffering, whether it be through loss of death or divorce or separation or estrangement. And so we have this new ministry called the Been There Bunch, but there's even more interest in how do we love one another well in the hardest moments of life. Did you know that many of you are dreaming about this? And there are other areas where there are just whispers, but there are a lot of whispers. But what it would be like if we were a place that better supported families that adopt or foster because that story is so common in this church. Or what if we were a place that better supported our veterans, particularly because there are so many veterans in this church, especially young veterans. Do you know that there are many of you whispering this? My friends, all the time that we have, every second, every minute, even if you are somebody who is over that hill of 95 years in one month and have over 3 billion seconds. It is my firmest belief that God cares about each of them because God cares about you and God is good. And so it is that God has called us to put our hope in the faith, that trust that acts and doesn't give up and doesn't fail to put our hope in that faith which moves God to empower and partner with us to move and to act and to save us. Let us continue to put our hope in that faith and to act with God's saving work in this world. Amen. This sermon podcast is a ministry of First Christian Church, El Reno, Oklahoma. It is preached about 85% of the time by Senior Minister Colton Lott, about 
10% of the time by Associate Minister Tara Du, and about 5% of the time from a beloved guest. If you check the math and we're wrong, don't worry about it. This podcast is produced by communications coordinator Rachel Carlson, and the instrumentalization you hear is by Chris Prather, our bell choir director, percussionist, and composer in residence. Christian community is made up by the individuals who show up each week. And so while this has been preached and produced by some, it is the work of many. So whether you show up with your body or with your enthusiasm, with your dollars, with your prayers or your love, thank you for making the body of Christ real and felt and known. Go and be a blessing this day and always, friends. Amen.